Hi, I am Roberto, and now I want to talk about self-primacy. Specifically, I want to talk about some kind of philosophy behind self-primacy. As you might know, there are many types of philosophies and ways of thinking and practical ways to approach self-improvement or behavior change. So now I just want to present and briefly discuss five ideas or five principles that I think should always be self-evident when we talked about self-improvement. So what I mean by self-evident is just literally something that does not need any proof or does not need any explanation. So that translates that these are things that I consider we always will get to know when we try and attempt self-improvement. So basically it's kind of saving some time to think about these uh, principles, these ideas, because as you practice, as you try to experience actual self-improvement, you will eventually learn that these are things that are always there and that somehow influence the outcome. So these uh, are the five ideas that I, I want to propose and discuss. And just before that, of course, I need to say it is important that you form your own opinion about this. And of course, I, I want to know what kind of comments or what kind of opinions they arise on you. So first, the first principle or the first self-evident idea that I think should always be uh, attached to self-improvement is that goals can always vary across and within individuals. And of course, the point is that this should sound very obvious. So let me explain. For instance, it is sometimes uh, told that when we talk about self-improvement, you're all talking about being productive. You know, that you, everybody that tries to self-improve themselves is trying to be uh, better at work, doing the tasks that need, that need to happen in their profession, or they're just trying to just do more things of what they are trying to do in their, in their lives. And that is, I think, in my opinion, not true. Self-improvement comes in many ways. It can uh, change, as I mentioned, not just for, for different persons, but it can also change within the same person. And I think this should be as obvious as it sounds. We all have sometimes a specific goal that relates to health. And sometimes we, yeah, we want to be productive, but it's also about happiness. It's also about success in many ways, not just about money, not just about uh, producing at work. Uh, it really has many shapes. And I think that is really the first principle that should be self-evident about self-improvement, that there's variety in the goals. Now, the second principle is this, is that just as there is variety and diversity in the goals that we set, there is also uh, this diversity in the self-improvement strategies. So the principle is that self-improvement strategies can also be diverse. And more importantly, in this case, they can change, they can evolve. So one specific point I want to make here is that, you know, in essence, we are never really uh, repeating a specific strategy. We cannot really fully replicate how we execute it. So think about your own process of self-improvement. If you have tried to do a certain strategy uh, to obtain or to reach a certain goal, 
and maybe it did not work out, you can always try again. But even if you try that same strategy again, there is already a learning process that you experience because you already tried it the first time. And this goes on and on. You can hardly always replicate uh, a similar strategy without considering that you are really getting maybe good at it or maybe realizing that it's not something that is suitable for you because you don't have maybe a specific skill or it's just not flowing naturally for you. So this idea basically says that, of course, uh, strategies are just so diverse that we can always try to experiment with new ones or we can just embrace the fact that one specific strategy can be applied even in many, many different ways. And, and that is, I think, something that should be also, like I said, self-evident when you engage in the process of self-improvement. But now let me move on to the third idea or the third uh, self-evident principle about self-improvement. And this is also, I think, again, this is something that should sound very obvious. And the principle is this. Self-improvement takes time, it takes energy, it, and I mean that in the sense that it can take a time, a specific amount of time along the whole possible continuum. So what I mean is sometimes self, sometimes self-improvement just takes a few seconds. You know, if you have a sudden realization, if you make a specific plan in your mind, uh, I will consider that to be self-improvement. Uh, it might be not that transcendental yet, or it might be if you then accompany that with some actions, with some more uh, specific concrete planning. Uh, but yeah, the reality is that self-improvement does not always entail uh, years in the process or years of, of a perfectly executed plan. Self-improvement can happen sometimes in an hour, in a few minutes, like I said, in one day, and that's kind of the beauty of it. So there is always this short-term, long-term, life-term uh, possibilities to it. And I have mentioned this before, but uh, I'm always against this idea that when you talk about self-improvement or about these kind of notions, people usually tend to already jump ahead and think, okay, no, but I don't want to be like that, or I don't want to make this the center of my life. Yeah, I mean, those are okay. It's, it's okay to think about that, but it doesn't go that way. You, there is a lot of steps before that and you can quickly make changes along that whole path. So it is uh, the example that I have mentioned before with going to the gym. By going to the gym, you will not automatically get muscles and go crazy into counting calories or anything like that. It takes steps. And those steps are what makes self-improvement the process that it is. And like I said, the principle is that you can do self-improvement in just a matter of seconds, and you can also make that a principle of your own life and take it uh, for longer periods. But now let's move on to the fourth principle that I think should be self-evident about self-improvement. This is, uh, I think, one that is quite sometimes uh, contended or sometimes discussed. And it's actually very much part of what I envision as the self-primacy mindset. The principle is this. Self-improvement is about improving by our own actions, but not necessarily by our own selves. And I can explain that. Yeah, it is about what we can do, what we can think, what we can decide, how far we can go, what are the actions that we can realistically do. 
But that doesn't mean that you're doing it all by yourself or that you don't need help. And I think this, this point is important because a lot of people, again, think like, oh, yeah, if I go into self-improvement in this kind of mindset or if I read a book about self-help or whatever, uh, then I'm going to everybody's going to think that I'm just selfish or that I don't care about others or that I am just thinking about myself. And I think that's usually something that also stops uh, some persons into engaging into this kind of thinking or just accepting this kind of process uh, uh, as, as uh, even as a discussion point. And the point that I actually want to make is that, yes, it is all about considering your own actions, but that doesn't mean really that you cannot involve others. In fact, in my opinion, I think involving others and having that influence that you have on yourself then uh, kind of getting spread around to, to the ones around you. I think that's the main point. That's the end goal. That in the end, if we all took more responsibility for what we are doing, what we are thinking, what we cannot do, or what we are not uh, kind of achieving sometimes, if we were just more honest about that, we could collaborate better together because then uh, it, everybody has a bit more awareness about the, their own capabilities and we can of course, uh, cooperate and reach goals in a better way. This is very uh, wishful thinking, but this is one of the principles that I think that if you are engaged in self-improvement, doesn't actually automatically means that you are being selfish or anything. Just trust yourself in that path and maybe be critical in the case that if you are being isolated because of what you're doing, maybe it is something that you should really think about because it should not be that way. And the last principle, and it is also one that I think is quite, um, yeah, quite relevant uh, in, in these times is, is this one. I think that it should also be self-evident that self-improvement can be misused or it can be abused or it can be even exploited. And that means, in other words, that you can use it, of course, for example, with excess. You can do it too much if you are abandoning other uh, simple tasks in daily life. Of course, that would be counterproducent. But that doesn't mean that self-improvement by itself is bad. It just means that self-improvement maybe is being misused in a way. And, and I will even argue that sometimes that stops being self-improvement. Um, but on another valid point, I think, and this is something that I see sometimes people mixing up is that of course, by now, self-improvement is a product, you know, there are many softwares, there are many videos like these, uh, many, uh, th things that are being developed and packaged as a product so that somebody or we all buy it and then get engaged with that and just, you know, benefit others. And it's not always about actually improving ourselves, but about believing that we're doing it or, you know, just packaging something together and, and delivering that just to, to make some money. And I'm, I'm not going to discuss the, the actual facts uh, behind that, but I think it's important that we recognize that because this, as with many other things in, in society, uh, they can be exploited, they can be turned into products and products can be of various quality. So I think when, if you are engaged in this process of self-improvement, you should also learn to be critical, but of course, not be afraid to try out things. And, you know, in the end, you do have to make a conscious decision about what you are uh, acquiring, what you are engaging with. Is it worth your time? Is it not? And it's really up to you. That's again, easy to say, but it should be, I think, self-evident that self-improvement 
can sometimes be framed as such, when in reality it's not. And the most important meaning or value for self-improvement is the one that it has for you. So this is the last principle that I wanted to share with you. Now, like I said, these are five ideas that I think should be self-evident, but these are five things that I have compiled myself uh, from my own experience. So I think it will be really interesting to know how we all have these different principles of how we all conceive self-improvement. But these are the ones or some of the ones that I think outline what I frame as uh, self-primacy. So please tell me, what do you think? What do you agree with? What do you not agree with? And of course, if you have, like I said, your own principles, I will really love to, to read or to hear about them. And like I said, uh, part of my uh, mindset is that we should also be sharing this kind of knowledge or perspectives, philosophies about the techniques and strategies that we can use to exert control over our own behavior. So finally, as usual, if you want to support me, if you want to help me promote this mindset, please subscribe to the channel, like this video, also follow me on social media, just find some way to show your support and I will really, really thank you for it. And in that regard, I also thank you for watching this video and see you soon.